This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, alongside Tom Schreier. We're coming at you Tuesday morning. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a follow. We're at Inside Purple and Gold, anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're following us, it'll end up on your phone. You won't even have to come search every Tuesday, Thursday, and anytime after a, a game, whether that's Sunday afternoon, and Sunday night, Thursday night, Super Bowl Sunday, who knows? But mm-hmm. if, if you're following us, it'll, it'll come right to your phone. You won't even have to look. Tom, before the break, we were talking about Kevin O'Connell, making everyone feel valued on this team, kind of giving people like a license to fail, making getting the most out of players. And I think a good person that is kind of a good example of that. And he hasn't had like a huge role on the team this year, but he was brought in as damaged goods is, Mm -hmm. is Jalen Rieger, a guy who has just basically been getting clowned the duration of his career because he went to pick before Justin Jefferson. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles on the clock took Jalen Rieger, the next pick. There's even videos of this Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, literally laughing at, at Howie Roseman because they couldn't believe mm-hmm. that they took Rieger over Jefferson. Rieger flames out in Philly. Jefferson obviously takes off in Minnesota. And the mm-hmm. Vikings acquired Jalen Rieger at the beginning of the year basically for nothing, for, for pennies on the dollar. And he comes in. He, he's the punt returner immediately. I think he feels valued, though, this year. And you're starting to see him be used situationally. He has a skill set. He is by no means in the same stratosphere as Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen for that matter, but he's fast. He's twitchy. He has a skill set, and he can get the, the edge. And then, and you're seeing Kevin O'Connell work to get him the ball. There was an eight yard jet sweep the other day, which it looked like it was, it could have been more if, if one more hat gets on another hat. And then he had that 38 yard reception basically caught it like a punt return because like the ball yeah. floated up in the air. Kirk, Kirk gave him a chance though. And Jalen Rager made a play. Uh, he's a guy who I think serves as a really good example of like what you can get out of someone. If you just give them a chance, if you just make them feel valued, I'm not saying Jalen Rager makes a huge difference in, in a playoff game and wins you, you know, the NFC divisional game or the NFC championship game. But I think he can give you valuable minutes, valuable plays um, throughout the rest of the regular season and, and perhaps even a little bit in the playoffs. Yeah. So I was looking at that trade here. This is the uh, Eagles trade him to the Vikings for a seventh round pick this year. And there's our 2023 and then 2024 conditional. So fourth or fifth, it's not like they gave up nothing, but considering what we've seen before, especially like emergency, uh, um, before season trades, I mean, that's fourth round is Chris Herndon, right? So it's a little more than <laughs> Chris Herndon. Um, I think, uh, and people remember the Yannick Ngakwe debacle or whatever. I think Kari Vedvik, yeah, Kari Ved with fifth round pick. So, yeah, we're you know, a little perspective there. I think the um, uh, think of like they had Amir Smith Marset, right, as the mm-hmm. returner. Matt Daniels looked pretty nonplussed about him in the preseason. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, you made the immediate upgrade there. And my mind immediately went to, oh, this is Quasi doing special teams a solid, right? That, like, he understands that you can get burned in that phase of the game. Um, yeah. And obviously it sticks out in my mind because Matt Daniels just raved about him, right? I mean, to the extent I was like, should you be Great. saying this in public? Uh, this really is a very graphic description him. yeah, of, of Jalen Rager. And this is just 
kind of Matt Daniels and his maybe his genius or whatever. But like um, I saw him as like the returner. He is not he's been fine there, but like he has not been like a difference maker. Right. Um, right. I, the, the whole pass catching or receiving situation is unique in that Justin Jefferson's obviously been otherworldly feeling has taken a step back. I'm still like, I'm convinced he's hurt just because when he gets hurt, you know what I mean? And like instant on plays, he runs off the field. I'm like, well, his season's over. You know what I mean? It, like he looks yeah. like he's in so much pain. And so I think he's playing through something. I don't, having said that, we know the effects of aging and like, no matter how good of a route runner you are, if you're not as quick or whatever, it's, it's not, it's going to matter less and less. So it does seem like at some point you need someone to step in and w, you know, wide receiver too. But then after that, you know, you have Hawkinson who's a, this unique player. Um, and then Osborne, isn't hasn't maybe he's he was never going to take the leap he took last year because that was such a monumental leap but like he hasn't improved in my eyes but i mean again he kind of bailed him out against the patriots stole a interception cousins has looked at him you know third down um mm-hmm. in, in certain situations and so i'm wondering where rager fits in because like he'd naturally kind of be in the osborne role right and given room to grow but osborne occupies that and i don't know if the team sees him more as like here's a guy who can do jet sweeps. Right. And like, yeah. and I kind of would like to see more of that, you know, maximize the value of this player. I don't know if on that deep pass. So cousins was hit, I think. And I think that's why it was off. Um, but like he made a great adjustment to the ball. He had enough separation that he like, you know, he could make a catch on that play, I guess. Um, and he should have the upside of being this guy who was drafted in the first round, um, my mind kind of goes towards the draft where they took Treadwell because obviously famously Treadwell had a bad rookie year and was not very good in Minnesota. And I think there was some speculation that like Josh Dotson, they wanted him and that Washington took him the pick before. Right. And then we saw Josh Dotson and I think Dotson had some injury issues, but like we saw him and we were like, well, it wasn't a matter of like someone snagged their guy and they, you know, panicked and took someone else. Both players did not pan out as NFL players. This kind of happens with receivers, but I'm very curious, like, if Minnesota is able to get the most out of Rager, what is that, right? Is it a jet sweeps guy? Is it simply just a dynamic returner? Or is it someone who, like, steps in and kind of threatens Osborne or, like, gives – I mean, this would be the highest, highest upside, I think very improbable, but, like, puts himself in position to leap into the W, you know, receiver two spot if yeah. Thielen falls apart. So I'm just, I just, like, I'm very curious what his upside is because clearly it was not tapped into in Philly. Yeah, and and you start, you know, he has a year left on his contract. Next year, he has one more year. So you're right; he could step into a different role if he's able to kind of continue to show that improvement. Um, but I just think, like, whether it is just a jet sweeps guy this year, he offers enough you know, dynamic ability with the ball in his hands. Maybe not a bad idea to get him a touch here or there. By no means, though, are we saying that like the Vikings need to like draw up? schemes for, for Jalen no, Rager. No, no. It's, it's situationally, but I, th- I think it, he's an interesting kind of microcosm to the larger point me and Tom were making about like, you make guys feel empowered. They are going to give you a play here and a play there. He also benefits. I think cousins intentionally moves the ball around, right? You almost have yeah, to, because yeah. if you just throw the Jefferson, they'll just guard him. Right. right. But like, um, but I think, uh, I think the other thing is he thinks so like literally cousins does that. Like if you're open on third down, he'll just throw it at you. You know what I mean? And so I think Rager can benefit like from just doing his job. I think Osborne does. I don't know if, I don't think they ever really intentionally go to Osborne on third down, but he does. He's thrown to Johnny Munt in big situations. Yeah. Right. So I think Rager's in a situation to succeed. And I just think Philadelphia is a tough place to go. You're either kind of a hero or even if you are, think of like where Wentz was and, and Wentz in his own way has hurt his career. But like, 
he took a steep fall and that's just a big East coast market. That's tough to play. in. so I think, I think what, what the Vikings can benefit, obviously you have to draft well and you should retain your best players. But if the third element is you create a change of scenery, that's effective for lack of a better word, they will benefit from this. Cause there are, I think a, a lot of players who like are just in bad organizations and everyone goes, that guy sucks. They're a bust. They just chose the wrong guy. And then someone else grabs them and you're like, no, that guy who's a perfectly fine player. He just, the coaching staff sucked and the fans jumped on him. Right. You know? So yeah. I think, I think, you know, that's, this is kind of a test case early on for the change of scenery aspect, the, the benefiting from someone else's mistake essentially and bringing that guy in who's talented. For sure. And it, it's, it works because the Vikings didn't bring tread or not treadwell. They got rid of treadwell because the Vikings didn't bring Rieger in with like unrealistic expectations yeah. attached to him. It wasn't like we're trading for Jalen Rieger. The, the Eagles screwed up. We're making him our slot guy and he's going to dominate. It was trading for Rieger. He has a skill set we know will make our team better immediately, punt returner. And mm-hmm. maybe he has certain aspects to his game, certain elements that, that went unused in Philly, or he wasn't able to tap into because the fans in Philly just roasted him from the jump. Like that's hard to succeed in. And I give Jalen Rieger a lot of credit. I actually did not think we'd ever be talking about Rieger as much as we currently are. Mm -hmm. But like when he first got acquired by the Vikings, he did like six interviews basically in, in succession, whether it was the, the group interview or the random TV interview that missed out on the group interview before, or my guy, Chris Thomason, just cornering him at his yeah, locker yeah. to talk about more things that he's already talked about two or three times in a row. <laughs> and, and he like, he always did these interviews and the same, the questions were always like, are you embarrassed? Or like, are you like, do you yeah, feel no. like you constantly get to get compared to Justin Jefferson or like, how do you get through all the, and he like handled it like a pro. And like, from that moment forward, I was like, look, even if this guy doesn't pan out, like respect to this dude for talking to all these people about yeah, like, yeah. like it, it must've weighed on him so much throughout his time in Philly. Yet he came to Minnesota, had a pretty good attitude about it, stepped to the mic, answered all the questions. And it's just like, kind of put his head down and gone about his business. And like, most importantly, has not cost the Vikings, has not muffed a punt this year. I think he's bobbled a couple, but he has not lost yeah. a fumble this year. Um, and that is literally why he was brought in. Like everything else you get, everything else from this point forward that you get out of Jalen Rager it, it is like a cherry on top. They brought him in because he can catch punts, because he is a punt returner, and because Amir Smith Marsmet could not. So I respect that guy. I, I, I think he is limited in the role he's going to have on this team and probably teams moving forward. Um, but nice to kind of see him at least get a little bit of spotlight, you know, a play here, a play there. Um, I think he's been effective when he's done that. Yeah. You can see why like in interviews and stuff, teams would have liked him, right? Like the personable kind of patient, all that stuff. I, the truth is this is why players deserve second chances is just because they don't, pan out in one team doesn't mean they're bad and good on the Vikings to identify a guy, especially in a weird situation where he's literally sharing the locker room with, with Justin Jefferson, but yeah. um, to identify that guy and, and, and um, uh, have your special teams guy rave about him right away. So everyone focuses on that, I guess. For sure. Yeah. He's got a nice calves. Yeah. Big glutes. Great. Quads. There, like, what is happening here? I don't, you know, I'm trying to think of who Ficken was the guy last year or whatever. I don't think yeah, Ficken yeah. was ever raving about glutes. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Matt Daniels, my guy, I can't talk about that dude enough. Love him. Oh, yeah. But he, I think he used the word salivating when he was talking about Jalen Rager. At yeah. First. Yeah. Uh, I was like, dude, this is on TV. Like kids watch this, dude. Yeah. Boy, yeah. You know, it's amazing. 
sir. Someone else, and, and I'm curious if you have anyone else. Like Jalen Rager is is someone who, like we said, offense will never be schemed around him, but he could step up, make some plays here and there. Vikings might need him to make a big play at some point in the down the stretch in the regular season in the playoffs. Another player that comes to mind, and and it's not like this guy i'm not like digging deep into the roster like into the 52nd man but like a guy that i think could play a huge role in the final five weeks of the regular season and if he's able to kind of gain traction into the playoffs is cam dantzler because he comes back this year this week from his injury i think he's he's set to return from the ir this week um it sounds like talking to o'connell yesterday he's going to be full go ready to go ready to practice at least and kind of see how that thing reacts Vikings need him, man, because Caleb Evans is now in the concussion protocol for the second time in three weeks. You hate to see that. Um, it happened to Christian Garrison, happened to Caleb Evans too, and you just knew that it, it. Caleb Evans got kind of friendly fired by by Harrison Smith trying to dislodge a ball, and he smoked his head by the back of his head on the ground, yeah. and you just knew he he had a concussion. Yeah, and so you lose him, Duke Shelley. While he's he's a fun story, and mm-hmm. you know. He's, red zone, he's, red zone negator, or whatever. He's yeah. Not like yeah. it, it's not someone you want to rely on. So Cam Danzler is someone who I, I think the Vikings are going to need to kind of step up, elevate his game. He's kind of an interesting case study, Cam Danzler, because it's like he grades out pretty well, like in a lot of the, the pro football focused things, because he's like good in in, in coverage, um, but he gets beat a lot too. He, like, there was a play at the beginning, I think it was in the Eagles game. It looked like it was Cam Bynum's fault on that deep route to yeah, Quez yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was Cam Cam Dantzler's fault. Like he mm-hmm. passed him off to like someone who wasn't there in that space. So Cam Dancer like just kind of freelances. It seems like he does his own thing. I think you kind of heard parts of that in in from Kevin O'Connell and Ed Donatel and, and even going back to training camp. Like we just got to get this guy to play the system. But he's really talented. He plays fast. He plays hard. Um, and I think because of injuries and, and just lack of depth at the cornerback position, Andrew Booth obviously out for the year now at the knee. The Vikings are going to need a guy like Cam Dancer to step up. So he's another guy I look at. Like Rieger on the offensive side of the ball might need to make some plays. Dancer is going to be super, super important on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so my mind went to Booth or Dancer, right? The, the fact that they need that cornerback help. I think uh, Donatel's talked about how – they're going to protect guys. They're going to protect like a Duke Shelley or their, their depth guys. I do think that like screws up with the geometry, right? It just naturally will. And I think it, I'm not fully excusing the fact that like Mike white and Mac Jones really kind of chew through (laughs) this defense, but it's like some of that's just coaching, right? That they, someone up in the booth is going, they're protecting Duke Shelley over here. There's, there's spots in the middle of the field where Mac Jones can make a throw. Mike white can make a throw. So um, I think, yeah, it, it's with Booth, it's like be a little patient with the younger player. With Dancer, you just want him to put it together because he's at that age where he should be hitting his prime and that he, right. Patrick Peterson won't be the player he is forever. I understand like Arizona doubted him and he's kind of fed off that doubt and happy with the new situation and has been special at times this year. I just think you look at him 32 years old, like it's kind of the feeling thing. He's fine now. He's, you got to move on to someone else. And I just don't want the organization to go back to what it was doing before. I understand Zimmer through specifically a defensive mindset goes, this is a passing league. Get me corners. I don't think it's efficient. I think we know this. 
to keep getting corners in the first round. You know what I mean? At some point you have to diversify how many positions, you know, you're, you're picking with those high picks. And I think where Spielman kind of got dogged for early picks. I was like, I think he's just helping the coach out who prioritizes Mm -hmm. cornerbacks. That's what he coached. That's where the league's going. So, um, you know, they need guys like dancer to step up and, and, and be effective for when, you know, Harrison Smith's gone and and Patrick Peterson's gone and, and whatnot. And so I think, I think, for example, on the safety side, Bynum's kind of done his part or is progressing yep. to doing his part. Yep. You want to see, you know, Cam Dancer on the same trajectory. For sure. All right. When we come back, we're going to break down. We talked a lot about Kevin O'Connell in segment one. Um, we're not going to be breaking any news. Like he's, I think he's second in, in, in odds to win mm-hmm. coach of the year, but we're going to dig more into that when, when we come back. Um, he's been spectacular this year, deserves all the credit he's getting. Um, more on Kevin O'Connell and his candidacy for coach of the year when we return.